Hello everyone, a very warm welcome to the latest episode of the Travel Podcast. My name is Hayley Sparks and I am delighted to be joined by a wonderful friend of mine, Sarah Archer, who works for Beachcoma. And in this episode, we are going to be focusing on the beautiful island of Mauritius. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so looking forward to this discussion. Well, you're very welcome, Hayley. I mean, it would be much nicer if we were on a beach in Mauritius, but you can't have everything, I guess. You can't, but it's lovely to, to see your face. And also, I know we're going to do some great uh, reminiscing. Um, but just to start off with, Sarah, um, it would be great if you could just introduce, introduce yourself to the listeners, a little bit about yourself and your role at Beachcomber. Okay, yeah, no problem. Um, well, I'm Sarah Archer. I'm the UK sales manager for Beachcomber Tours. Um, and we're a tour operator who've been around 35 years this year. Um, and we sell package holidays to the Indian Ocean. Uh, we're most famous for selling to Mauritius because we have our own eight beachcomber resorts and hotels on the island. Um, and that's what we um, send uh, several thousand uh, holidaymakers to every year. Um, but we also uh, do tour operate to the other Indian Ocean destinations of Seychelles and the Maldives and then the Middle East as well. Oh, fantastic. What a dream job. And how did you first get into the travel industry, Sarah? Well, um, that is a slightly a slightly long story that I'll try to make relatively brief. So um, because I am slightly on the mature side, shall I say now, um, I did have a previous career in the media industry um, where I sold advertising for um, regional newspapers for a long time. And then I got into working for local radio. And uh, I represented a, a station back in the early 2000s uh, called Jazz FM, which some people may have heard of. And I was approached by the MD of Beachcomber at the time to do a radio show broadcasting live from uh, Mauritius uh, on Jazz FM. Uh, so I organised this in part of my role as the sales manager at the, at the time. And um, it was not without its challenges, shall we say um so um there's there's quite a few egos in uh, in local radio presenting and and they kind of came to the fore for a gig in Mauritius but uh cut a long story short we did manage to get a a program out um and uh I think Beachcomber were happy with it uh but obviously at that time the the MD decided that perhaps my handling of the challenges of doing a uh, broadcasting show from, from Mauritius um, was something that he needed in the business. So he phoned me up and said, um, I think you should come and work for Beachcomber. And so at the ripe old age of 40, I um, said, okay, then I'll, I'll come and work in travel without knowing anything at all about the travel industry. I wasn't even particularly well-traveled. You know, I didn't fly as an adult until 1996. Um, I'd only been long haul uh, about two years previous to me starting in the, the travel industry. So I just wasn't a very well-traveled person. And so I knew nothing about the industry at all. Um, and here I am 21 years later. Let's talk about your particular role, because we first met when I was very lucky to be joined on on a, a travel agency trip with Not Just Travel last year. Um, but 
yeah, tell us a bit more about your role and what you are responsible for in the day to day. I'm really the the trade sales manager for for Beachcomber Tours for the UK, and we have a, a sales team which is um, four people, including my good self, um, and we have three regional sales managers who look after travel agents. The majority of our business for Beachcomber Tours comes through travel agencies, um, and we've had a long, long history with uh, working with travel agents they represent the best um, route to our customers basically and partnership of, of travel agents is hugely important to, to us as a company we we simply probably wouldn't exist without them so so my role is to to oversee and also represent beachcomber tours and beachcomber resorts and hotels to, to travel agents across the uk um, and so that's what we do and you and you take groups on on trips and obviously showcase the beautiful resorts. yeah i mean that is one of the the perks of working in the travel industry as you have discovered Haley, is that um we do are very very privileged very lucky to be able to go and visit places that probably most of us simply couldn't afford to go and visit you know on holiday um, and to to experience some of the the world's best destinations and best hotels and best cuisine. With the focus on Mauritius, Sarah, for anybody who hasn't been, um, in your words, what do you feel it is about Mauritius in particular that just makes it so special? Um, I think it's it's a very unique destination, and it has a culture all of its own. And for me, that's its strongest strongest point. You know, it was discovered by the Dutch in the you know seventeenth century. It was, I think it was discovered by the Arabs in the fifteenth century, and then the Dutch came and the French came. Um, it was obviously um, a very important stopping point and trading post in in the Indian Ocean. And that has meant that there, there's been this wonderful fusion of cultures that have become Mauritian, for want of a better description. Um, it has no American influence, um, which, you know, for me, I think is, is a really strong thing um, because, you know, it's too far from America. You very, very, I think I've only seen two Americans in, in Mauritius in the 21 years that I've been going there. Um, but you don't get that kind of have a nice day kind of service that is a little bit insincere. Um, the food is, you know, the cuisine is is beautifully European and French with Indian and Creole and Asian fusions in with it as well. Um, it's not everything smothered in cheese sauce, for example. It's not catering for a, a kind of larger parent market. Um, and you get lots of people from all over Europe predominantly traveling to Mauritius and that's nice as well because you get a really great mix of guests um in the hotels so um for me that makes it sort of a special a special place really it's a tropical island beautiful destination with wonderful people and a a kind of Mauritian culture that kind of stays with you. Mauritius has been my favorite destination that I've ever traveled to so much so I've been lucky enough to to go there on work trips four times got engaged there this time last year um and it, it does have such a special place in my heart and I think it's once you've been there you understand why it is so special it's also extremely good value for money you know and and the standard the standard and the quality that you get in Mauritius far surpasses anything 
you know, for whatever price you're paying in a, in a different destination. And, and that's a huge, huge benefit. It is. And I also think for honeymooners as well, or people that maybe automatically might be thinking about somewhere like the Maldives, actually, when they consider Mauritius and they do look at that price difference and the experience, uh, they can be tempted there. I, I love how safe it is. I love the... Um, when I met one of the Mauritian people on a tour and he said, oh, we described as the rainbow nation because we worship side by side, um, different religions, obviously all of that history and, and different nationalities all living in, and we all live in peace together side by side. And I, I never forgot that. And I thought, what an example to the rest of the world. Yeah, well, the world could learn a lot from uh, Mauritius's religious tolerance. Um, you know, everyone observes everyone else's holidays and, you know, holy days and stuff like that and you know there are public holidays for Diwali and for Eid and for Christmas and and you know everyone from different religions will wish everybody you know their respective wishes for whichever festival it is and I, I think that's lovely you'll often see a Catholic church next to a, a Tamil temple um, on Mauritius and it, it's it's a lovely lovely example of people working together and, and they have a saying in Mauritius which is uh, one nation many sorry yeah one nation many people all Mauritian um, and that that pretty much sums it up I, I think really but it is a very very safe destination um, I myself have you know traveled on my own and many 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 times I've never once felt anxious at all um, I've been lost in Mauritius when I haven't been able to follow a map very well um, and anyone I've stopped on the side of the road and asked for directions have always been extremely helpful and kind. I have, um, although I probably shouldn't confess this on a public podcast, but rolled out of um, a, a night a club at 5am and um, got in a taxi on my own back to the hotel. I would never do that anywhere else in the world, but it was perfectly fine in Mauritius. Yeah, the crime rates are exceedingly low. It's a very, very great destination for, for solo travellers, uh, females, all age groups. Um, you've just got that that confidence and the Mauritian people are just, like you say, very kind. Um, even the, the beach sellers are charming. We'll ask you, how are you today? Would you like to have a look at something? And then you say, no, honestly, not today. Thank you. And they say, that's okay. Have a lovely day on the beach. And they'll, you know, walk on. There's no aggressive selling or feeling under pressure from anybody. It's such a lovely, lovely atmosphere. It really is. So are there any top attractions, Sarah, that you think uh, for anyone going to Mauritius that they can't afford to miss out on? Well, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot. I mean, there isn't anything on the island that is massively, you know, high excitement. There are no theme parks, there are no water parks, nothing like that. So you won't find that on Mauritius. But what you will find is some very beautiful natural attractions, um, part of the landscape. Uh, and you will also find some nice culture and hint and history as well. So um, things like uh, there are some nice colonial houses to go and visit, which is a bit of a glimpse of, of Mauritius in the past. Um and there's one called Eureka. Apparently, um, the, the builder of that house called it Eureka because he found the spot and said, this is right, Eureka, I found the place to build my house. So, um, and that has like a, a really nice restaurant there and a spice garden. And also a, you can go down to a waterfall that's kind of hidden down in the valley. 
Um, there's another one called Santo Ban that has um, an anthurium garden. It has a little rummery uh, and you can go and blend your own bottle of Mauritian rum. They provide all the fruits and things for you and spices and you put in this bottle of uh, base spirit, whatever you want to, and then it's labelled up and you can take it home with you. And that's kind of a, a, a really nice uh, nice thing to do too. So those colonial houses, um, if you want a bit more action, you can go zip lining over the coloured earth or over the forest canopies. You can go quad biking. Um, it's not high speed quad biking. Um, there are two places really. There is um, Valley de Couleur, which is all around the coloured earths um, on different trails and quad biking trails there. And there's a place called Casella, which is in a wildlife park. And you can kind of go quad biking kind of through a wildlife park and you'll see zebras. Um, you'll see um, deer, that kind of thing. And you get some beautiful panoramic views down over the island from, from Casella too. So different things like that that, uh, that that I think you can definitely go and see. I definitely recommend the quad biking. So much fun. And I am not, I'm the opposite of an adrenaline junkie. Hey, anything like that. But quad biking is so accessible and so fun and you're kind of in control and you can go to like you say you can go at a slower speed you can take it easy but you can really appreciate the the beauty the nature the breathtaking landscapes and the natural beauty so um we're definitely on the same page with that one sarah and let's let's focus a little bit on beachcomb now because as you said they've got such a diverse portfolio um can we just talk about some of the different results and maybe who they're suitable for, who's attracted to the different resorts and why. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, Beachcomber Resorts and Hotels, you know, we built the first hotel on the island in 1952. So we're very much the pioneers of tourism on Mauritius. We're, we're also, um, you know, the market leader, leading hotel group on the island. Um, and as such, we have some of the best locations on the island for, for our resorts. Um, it's an island of, of two halves, I suppose. You know, some resorts are more isolated and it's very much more of a resort-based holiday uh, and others are kind of nearer a built-up area um, where you can kind of go out into a town and have shops and, and bars and things like that. Um, we range from four-star up to five-star plus um, boutique hotel, leading hotel of the world called Royal Palm. And... It's difficult to say, well, this hotel is right for that person and this hotel is right for that, because to be honest, they are have suitable places for, for all kinds of customer types in all of the resorts. So a lot of it comes down to the budget that a client has to, to spend on their holiday uh, and also whether they want to be somewhere where they can go out and about or or whether they're happy to just kind of chill on a beach and relax in a, in a resort. Um, you know, for me, uh, the most beautiful location on the island is on the southwest of the island at Le Mans Peninsula. Um, and we have two resorts on that peninsula, Dina Robin Beachcomber and Paradis Beachcomber. Um, and they are joined together by a sort of 18-hole championship golf course. And it is the most beautiful position dominated by this stunning Le Mans mountain in the background, which you can kind of see a little bit of in the poster on the wall behind me. Um, and that is a wonderful resort, the six kilometres of beach. Um, there are eight restaurants. 
um, a variety of different accommodation, amazing for families, amazing for honeymooners, weddings, lots of different people like that. So um, you can obviously go out from there, can hire a car for the day, go out and do some excursions, etc. But there isn't anything kind of outside of the hotel gates like bars or restaurants or anything. But when you've got everything you need, then sometimes you don't need to go anywhere, do you? There's lots to do, you know, and if you're, you know, if you're really active and you want to do lots of sports and water sports, that's great. If you if you want to do spa and chill out and lie on a beach, you could do that, too. So there are there's something for every kind of client there. Um, my husband and I have holidayed at Dina Robin. We are deeply incompatible to go on holiday together because he can't sit still for five minutes, uh, whereas I'm quite happy to uh, to sit still and read a book. But that particular holiday, he sat on the terrace of our room with a book and he didn't move really for about a week and he couldn't get over himself and said, I've never felt kind of relaxed like this in a, in a holiday. So that was a, that was a nice thing. Um, up in the north, we've got five resorts all within about seven miles of each other. And so lots to choose from for people. You've got five star um, resort called True Beach, Beachcomber, which is set on an iconic part of uh, the island with a one kilometre long kind of beach section um, an all suite property lots of um, different suites with pools and also villas with their own pools so great choice of, of upmarket accommodation and an upmarket all-inclusive product as well and then you've got some four-star resorts on all-inclusive and then of course the boutique royal palm which is um, a stunning 69 suite leading hotel of the world and just completely faultless. Um, last but by no means least would be down near the airport. We have Chandrani Beach Coma, which is a lovely resort set over 80 acres, three beaches, two swimming pools, two bars, six restaurants, um, and a very, very welcome 10 minute transfer when you've got off your long haul flight. Um, whereas everywhere else on the island is about an hour and a quarter to get to. So um, Chandrani is is great for families, weddings, honeymoons as well. So we really do cater for everybody in all the hotels. Um, so I don't know if that gives you a bit of an overview. There's just so much choice. And like you said, there really is something for absolutely everyone. And let's talk about what you feel, Sarah, makes Beachcomber. Um, what separates Beachcomber from um any of the other kind of resorts that are available for people on the island? Yeah, I mean, I, I very much think that it is our people um, that, that make the difference. Um, the, the teams in the hotels, my colleagues and friends in the hotels on the island do an absolutely incredible job and they make the difference between a good holiday and an amazing holiday. Um, all of the things that make Beachcomber great are things that you can't put in a brochure um, because... You know, a brochure shows you nice hotels with nice beaches and beautiful water. And, and you think, well, how do I choose between one or the other? But Maya Angelou said that famous quote, which was, you won't remember what people said, but you'll remember that they made the way they made you feel. And that is, I think, really very much the essence of the beachcomber experience. Um, we don't refer to our um, people in the resorts as staff. Um, we refer to them as artisans. And that was a, a title that they gave themselves um, some years ago when they were surveyed about how did they see themselves as part of a guest's holiday? How, wh wh And they 
really said that they saw themselves as craftsmen, as artisans, that they were helping to craft a guest's holiday. They weren't just serving you a drink at the bar or waiting on tables or doing the gardens. They were intrinsically part of the beachcomber holiday experience. Um, and that's what makes the difference, really, is, is absolutely the, the people. Um, I can give you a, a couple of examples of things that are just slightly different to illustrate that. And um, I mean, I can give you hundreds, but I'll give you a couple. Um, so I went to dinner at uh, one of our restaurants. And, and as you can see, I wear glasses and I hadn't brought my glasses with me and I can't read without them. And so we brought the menu and I'm thinking, oh, no, I've left my glasses in the room. And all of a sudden, the waiter appeared at his side with a, a wooden box and in it were eight different pairs of reading glasses, all of a different strength. And he said, here, madame, you know, choose choose fine. It was like, wow, that's just such a small thing that just made a huge difference. Um, and um, there was another a story that I was told about. We were hosting a wedding at one of our resorts and the, the lady was from the, the Czech Republic. And for some reason unknown, she hadn't really tried her wedding dress on before the, the wedding. She tried it on the night before and unfortunately it wouldn't zip up the back, which is obviously a calamitous event if you're getting married the next day. Um, it's been a total disaster, but it wasn't the responsibility of the hotel to, to sort out the bride's dress, but because the hotel and the people in, in, in Mauritius wanted the wedding to be the most fantastic day of this couple's lives. Our guest relations manager um, asked her mum to come to the resort and her mum sat up all night and turned the back of this dress into a corset style dress with a ribbon so that it was threaded and laced down the back and then the bride could still wear the dress and it fitted and it looked beautiful. And then nobody needed to do that. They didn't charge her any money for doing that. They just wanted the wedding to be wonderful. That is going the extra mile above and beyond. And I'm sure for, for that for that particular bride, that lady and her family, she's she probably still talking about it to this day because that's an unforgettable act of kindness uh, that you, like you say, you wouldn't expect. And for a day as special as your wedding day, which is one of the most important days of your life, when things like that do go wrong, it, it, it can be devastating. So the fact that they went to such great lengths to ensure that she felt beautiful and comfortable and could wear her dress, that just says so much. Like, what a wonderful story. And, you know, there, there's lots of, lots of stories of interactions about that. And I think that's probably what we get rated on most highly is 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 the artisans in, in the resort and, and the way that they are with guests. And, you know, we have a very high repeat guest um, count, probably from the UK, maybe 38% of our guests are repeat guests and long-term repeat guests. Um, and, you know, you've got third or fourth generation now going to the same hotel at the same time every year. And people's children have grown up with our artisans in resort. Um, and there's a relationship there, which is which is wonderful. You know, I, I don't call them colleagues. They're not faceless people in hotels. Um, they are my friends that I've worked with for, for 21 years. And, and it, it's really quite something that you don't get really probably many other places. I think it's wonderful. And 
because we are inundated with the choice in the travel industry of endless different options for where we travel and where we choose to spend our money and it is things like that those relationships those that that atmosphere uh the the attitude of 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 the staff the fact that they are the artisans they are crafting the holiday they their attitude of wanting to make everything so special and memorable and build those relationships those friendships year after year as you said that's something that you're never going to see on a website you're never going to see in a brochure you will only either experience it in when you come to Mauritius and you stay at Beachcomber or you'll have somebody that's been to a beachcomb resort that doesn't stop talking about it because <laughs> it, it it does make all the it does make often, all the difference. Um, you know, sometimes when I talk to the general public at different you know exhibitions and shows and things like that, you know, people will often say, "Oh, I, I've stayed. Oh, I've been I've been to Mauritius. I've stayed in Mauritius." And I say, "Oh, that's wonderful. Where do you stay?" And they go, "Um, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember." And I know, I know, it's not a beachcomb resort if they can't remember where they stayed. Mm. Um, because everyone can remember the name of the hotel that they stay in if it's a beachcomber resort. Well, this is a difficult question, Sarah, but of all the resorts in Mauritius, if you had to pick one, which is your personal favourite? Oh, no, I can't do that. That's a Sophie's choice. That's absolutely (laughs) Have you got a top three? (laughs) No, I haven't got a top three. I've got a top eight, if you like. Oh, (laughs) that's convenient. They are all great for different reasons and they're, and they're, you're not comparing apples with apples. So it's impossible to single one out from another to say, well, actually, that one's the best one or that's the one that I, I would stay at. I would happily holiday at any one of them. Uh, and I know I would have an amazing time. But I think it's it's just too difficult to say, or like that's that's my favourite. I literally genuinely don't have a favourite. I am uh, equally fond of them all. I don't blame you. And as somebody who's been in the travel industry now, Sarah, for, for over 20 years, how do you feel that travel has changed in that time? Um, and what are the changes that you kind of see going forward that you predict might happen? Well, I, you know, the, the travel industry is a very resilient industry. I think that is. And... I think people outside of the industry don't realise how much expertise and knowledge um, that the the people who work in it have. And um, when I first started, it was sort of the rise of the internet really coincided with me sort of joining the the travel industry. Um, And then people became fixated on price, became, it was all about, right, well, I want to buy that at the cheapest price. And then that's kind of gradually sort of, I don't know, got watered down a little bit now. And I think that so many people don't necessarily focus so much on, well, it's got to be the cheapest price. They do focus on, well, I need someone with knowledge. I need someone to help me. I need someone to do the legwork. Um, And, uh, you know, since COVID, I think definitely proved that as well, that, you know, if you, yeah, anyone can book a flight and a hotel and, you know, car hire and whatever. But if it goes wrong, you don't know what to do. Um, and, and that's and you can't get the results. You can't you can't get a resolution the same way that a travel industry professional can get a resolution. And and that's why I, I would always say to people, please don't book it on your own. Just, you know, go to a travel agent. 
and travel agents have been kind of up there and down there in popularity and and so on and you know people go oh do travel agents still exist really um and um you know and it was literally when i first joined the first probably five years it was like oh travel agents i'll say it's good they're gonna go out of business you know there's no, nobody needs that anymore they've got the internet they can just book on it but the problem is that the the information on the internet got more and more and more and more and so now nobody knows the wood from the trees they don't know what's real they don't know what's fake they, they don't you know there are a million review sites that are all completely subjective so you know you can't there's not one guardian sort of place to go to find out the the real truth about anything and and you just become bewildered by the amount of choice on the internet and traveling can get overwhelming absolutely overwhelming and and uh you know i i think that i think travel agents are here to stay and i think we will see more and more growth of people wanting a service you know they want to speak to a person they want to to have that person's knowledge and yes they want to pay a fair price for it they don't obviously don't want to overpay but i think people are willing to pay for service um and i think that's heartwarming from that point of view that i think it will continue to go that way that people will start to value service more than than price the number one thing that people look for now is reassurance and those people who had booked with travel agents even though it was a very challenging time if their refunds were sorted out or their their holidays were were moved and and they had somebody there that they could speak to a professional who took care of everything and that at that time was worth its weight in gold and i think going forward people now turn to um travel agents and and work with the the uh, not just travel team more and more in larger numbers because they know they have that peace of mind. And I think Sarah, myself included, I am just sick of paying these uh, big companies uh, my hard-earned cash. And then if I have a question, a query, something that could be resolved very simply, finding that the phone number's hidden or I'm on the phone for you know, three hours in a wait queue and or there's a bot on a on a website that will uh, try and answer a question, but I can't actually speak to a person. And I think you are right that people want that human touch and connection and uh, reassurance knowing that there is a person there 24-7 uh, available should you have any problems, queries, questions, or you want that extra special touch on your holiday that you can't organise through a website but a not just travel agent will have the relationship with you at Beachcomber and can make these these things happen because of the close relationships that that we have, and that that's the difference, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, most most definitely. I mean, I always say you wouldn't you know go and cut your own hair and you wouldn't pull your own teeth out if you needed a tooth out. <laughs> so true. you know, uh, why why would you not use a professional to to book your holidays when you're spending a huge amount of money on those holidays? I can give you an absolute example where I did not use a travel agent once and I went to um, South Carolina and Georgia and I had waited to go on this trip 15 years and I booked a hotel in uh, Savannah in Georgia and I was so excited about going to see it. It was a beautiful hotel. I thought it was a lot of money for the two or three nights that we were there, but then I thought, oh, well, you know, it's a nice hotel. And when we got to Savannah, it was on the um, 16th of March 
and it was St. Patrick's Day weekend. And unbeknown to me, Savannah in Georgia has the second largest St. Patrick's Day parade in the United States after New York. And 400,000 people descend on Savannah for a giant street party. Everything's closed in the town. The streets are um, littered with people just drinking in the street. Uh, everything is green. All the water in the fountains is green. All the food is green. It was the most hideous experience of my life. And I was so furious with myself that if I had used a travel professional, they would have known that and they would have told me that and they would have said, you don't really want to be going to Savannah on that weekend. You need to switch the trip around and go here, you know, a few days later because this goes on. Um, and it's just those that insider knowledge that you cannot, cannot get from the Internet. Yeah, I just think you can't put a price on it. You really can't. And Sarah, just sort of finally before you go, because I know you said you didn't really become an experienced traveller till a little bit later in life, but now you are going on all these fantastic um, work trips with Beachcomber and back and forth on, on long haul flights. Do you have any tips or tricks that we can share with this? Because on the travel podcast, we just love a travel hack. Oh, yes. Well, I don't know if it's a hat travel hack, but my top word for flying long haul is cushion um and um i'm not saying that seats in economy and i am the queen of economy are are hard but when you have to sit on them for 12 hours they can become a little uncomfortable so i carry with me without any regard for anyone what anyone thinks about it the kind of padded cushions that you put on a, a wooden kitchen chair um, yes, I have that tied with braids and that just look, leap, um, sort of loops over my um, hand baggage and I sit on a cushion and my cushion has travelled many, many, many thousands of miles with me um, and um, sometimes I take a back cushion, I have a neck cushion um, and my other tip would be flight socks. So um, wear flight socks because nobody likes horrible, swollen, puffy feet and ankles when you, you get off at the other end. Um, and I always wear flight socks and I always sit on a cushion. You are the queen of cushions, Sarah. I mean, I love that tip, though. It's such a good idea because I always, I always have the, the neck pillow on, on long haul flights. But actually, I've never even considered having... Um, a nice padded cushion to either sit on or for the small of my back and uh, I think that's a fantastic tip I've never heard that yeah, before I love just it buy yourself a £3.50 cushion um, that you would put on a, a kitchen chair um, or wooden chair and they fit perfectly in an economy seat so um, and you'll be your 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 rear end will be very grateful at the end of a long haul flight for for that. Well, who needs business when you've got a, a, a cushion? Well, I wouldn't go that far, Hayley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah's to fly business. The cushion goes up in the overhead locker. I'm happy. And there's no prizes for being uncomfortable. You know, you know, we're all going to have to do a long haul flight if we want to get to go to wonderful destinations. So be comfortable while you're doing it. Do you know what, Sarah? You're a trendsetter. You started it, and now I bet next time you go on the flight, you'll be, oh, they've all copied my idea. They've all listened to the travel podcast, and now they've all got one. Yeah, well, next time we go on a long haul flight together, you better have a cushion with you. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. And um, have you got any other memorables um, 
experiences and stories that you can leave us with from your your travels anywhere else in the world yeah I have I have got lots um I'm still not hugely well traveled although I have been to Mauritius a lot of times um which I'm very privileged to be able to do um but my two my two sort of things that come to mind are um my favorite lunch ever that I've had anywhere in the world uh, was in the Seychelles. There's a very beautiful beach called Ons Lazio um, in, in Seychelles on the Pralin Island. Um, and there's nothing better than sitting there with a grilled lobster, chips and a beer. Uh, and that was that was one of my most memorable lunches. Um, the other another memorable experience I had was actually before I worked in the travel industry and probably precipitated me, you know, coming into the industry. I was lucky enough to go on a, a wonderful but very quick safari to Zimbabwe. Um, and I uh, we went on a, a walk with a safari um, and we met up with a ranger who was guarding a black rhino. Um, and the black rhino is the very endangered species in, um, in Africa of rhinos. I think at one point there were only about 28 um, left left in the world um, and in Zimbabwe at that time they I think they still do it have armed guards basically whose job it is to follow black rhino around the bush and make sure that they don't get become targets of poachers but we were able to approach this rhino and actually touch the black rhino in the wild um, and that was really quite a quite a moment it doesn't sound huge but it, it it was quite a moment to think that you know I got to touch a black rhino that's an endangered species that that may not survive and uh, that was that was quite a moment um, and then that you know there's been other wonderful trips to you know India and and Costa Rica where I was this time last year and uh, that was wonderful nature you know everything to do with nature and so on I absolutely love. Well, Sarah, it's fantastic to hear some of your stories and and your passion for travel and beach coma absolutely shines through. And I'm thrilled that you've joined us on the travel podcast today. I'm sure so many of the listeners, if they haven't uh, been to Mauritius uh, in the past, will be chomping at the bit to experience all the beauty of the, the island and obviously you can get in contact with Not Just Travel on our website if you'd like to find your local uh, agent who can help you. You can just pop in your postcode and they know everything there is to know about all of the different uh, beach coma resorts, of course, in Mauritius and the other destinations. So uh, maybe that could be the perfect dream holiday spot for your next getaway. I cannot imagine anybody would go to Mauritius stay at beach coma and not have memories that last a lifetime absolutely yeah that's what we strive for well thank you so much Sarah it's been wonderful to talk to you and uh, long may your career at beach coma continue because you're absolutely fantastic at what you do thank you for sharing your knowledge your passion with us today and I look forward to to seeing you again soon we'll be be back as we call it the motherland won't we together hopefully this year absolutely thanks very much Hayley it's been a pleasure
Thank you, Sarah. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Travel Podcast. Please make sure that you like, rate, review, and share this episode. And remember, if you would like any more information about not just travel, if you'd like to find an agent to help you, you can head to our website. Don't forget to download the Wow Travel app. We have brand new offers that are wow every two days. So you won't want to miss those. And if you'd like any information about working with us on the travel franchise side of business then just head to the website thank you so much i will see you again next week